Hi, I'm Matthew Shivalo. Welcome to Money Masterclass, where we teach you to make, manage, and multiply money. Taking the time to answer the questions from members of the MMC Level 2. I guarantee you that some of these questions are an indication that people really want to make impact. Some of our answers may quite challenge your views, your opinions, but we are here to give you what we consider to be the best answer. And we do hope it works for you and you have the liberty to make decisions finally yourself. Question number one, what are the basic steps, the ABCs to start a company? I would appreciate having a step-by-step -step checklist on how to go about to start a company. Very good question. Not in order of ABC, but principles to help you. Firstly, you need to know what your setting out to solve as a problem a problem you want to solve may form the reason for your starting the comp company slash passion never start because of passion but always look for a problem to solve that becomes the basis for owning a company we've already taught 30 reasons for owning your own company you can check on the site why you should own your own company companies help you you can pass it to your children you can uh you can be tax efficient through your company. There are several things you can buy. Even the car you drive can be owned by your company. Nobody will stop you on the road and ask, why is this car your company car? Or why is it in the name of your company? So when you all know all this, then you approach the company's house in your country. Sometimes you can register online and some even though you've registered online, they will want a proper resolution by which you decided to have the company. In a good number of countries, there will be one or two directors and sometimes more than that. And there are companies where you are just a director. Let us advise you, number one, never start a company that is just a mere partnership. A mere partnership basically means it is not limited liability, which therefore means that if the company were to have issues, it is you that had issues and they can practically sell what you have to resolve the challenges of the company. So form a limited liability company. How do you form a limited liability company? How do you get names? My suggestion would be do not use, for those of you who are Christians, do not use Christianese words where it is possible. Do not start with hallelujah, bread, Shaddai, rice, uh, shalom. Shalom, uh, bakeries. Look for something that is beautiful, that is, uh, that is, that will resonate with the people you are trying to target. If you want to reach young people, you need to look for the language that resonates with young people. And you could take a language that is very corporate, very nice, and very beautiful. Uh, we had a good group of young men in our, in our setting one time who wanted to start a shirt company. And they decided that they wanted a name that suggests bravery, strength, but at the same time gave them anonymity. They went into record and found two great soldiers, British soldiers, who fought during the Second World War. A man called Prowse and the second one called Hargood. So they called their shirt company Prowse and Hargood. Beautiful. It just fits with the other shirt companies like Hackett, Pink, Prowse and how good. Nobody knew who it was and they ensured that it was excellent. So register your company. Directors, 
where possible number one make sure you are the a director in your own company and you have the majority shareholding if you're married and you have a good marriage where you know that okay there's not going to be fight over the company in the future your spouse you can pass some shares to your spouse you can also pass some shares to your children having registered the company you can now begin to open accounts with the company once you open account with the company you can now announce that you are starting to trade with the company these are some of the basic steps you now know what you want to do please do not start hiring staff until there is a necessity for that these are some of the abcs for owning a company it is very important that you do your due diligence and you create based on your capacity to manage never forget majority shares must rest in you uh, there is nothing to fight for when a company has nothing but when it becomes big it can become quite a challenge question number two coming from a rachel could you give us an, an indication on how we set up our company structure so that we have to be so that we have to be anonymous and have trusted front people but still have ultimate decision making powers first of all you've got to understand that this question uh, you need to know why you want to be anonymous and uh, you need to understand what it benefits you to be anonymous you mustn't want to be anonymous because it's to be a front company to do wrong it should be because you do not want people to take advantage of you there are several ways to do this firstly you can actually buy an off-the-shelf company and some of those kind of companies have people who are ready to be directors for a fee until you are ready for them to divest the directorship to you second way to do this is to approach a firm of lawyers whom you respect appreciate and understand their operations they can accept to be directors of your company and they become the shareholders so two or three partners in the kind of legal firm may be the shareholders who are holding it for and on behalf of you who's the owner and then there'll be a memorandum of understanding written between you and this legal firm where number one they are doing it for a fee number two they sign the checks they do everything but they are doing it with that legal paper already signed between the two of you saying that they are running it for and on your behalf and they are being paid a fee for running it and at the time of your choice you come back to them and now ask for it to be transferred either to you and other persons whom you may desire this helps one of the reasons for anonymity is to avoid forensic searching there are times people want to search on you they want to know what you own another way to create an anonymous company is for you to have a company which there is nothing that suggests that you are the one who owns the company and you created a name people couldn't have connected to you even though you are director on paper you are there your name is there but nobody knows whom this company is unless they want to deliberately search these are some of the ways use a, a 
an off-the-shelf company that is already pre-registered with directors who will charge a fee for their services and who will prepare the yearly account to send to company's house. Number two, use a legal firm where the lawyers in the house will be the ones to do everything, but there's a memorandum of understanding duly signed between the two of you that everything in the company belongs to you, not only the vehicle, but even the content and the business. Number three is finally you come, but use a name that in any way nobody can immediately know that it is you. But then there is a last way. This company may actually belong to a holding company. So if it is XYZ Publishing House, which has your name, it is actually in a holding company, which is XPZ, which is actually where you put your directors. So anyone who wants to reach XYZ, they have to first go to the holding company to know who owns the holding company. I hope I clarified and didn't and simplified and didn't complicate. Last question for this session. I'm interested in more information on issuing bonds and debentures. A debenture and bonds are papers a company issues to people to guarantee that if you give us money to do business, we will pay you back with this level of interest. But before you issue bonds and debentures, you must have an equity base that guarantees that even if there was a failure, there is enough uh, asset to sell to relief the people who have bought into your bonds and into your debentures. So you find that there are many people who want to offer, who want to issue bonds and debentures, but they do not have enough strength, enough to back what they are doing. So why would you, why would you give bonds and debentures? Let us suppose that uh, the person who asked the question is given a road to construct. It will cost $10 million. The person's company has $1 million. And the banks looked at the person's asset. They said, we can give an additional $2 million. It becomes $3 million. The people who want you to construct the road, only gave an advance fee of $1 million. It becomes somewhere around $5 million. You are still short of another $5 million. You could go out if you know that, okay, when we finish this road, the profit is $7 million. Maybe everything will end up being $17 million. Total cost of the construction, 10. Profit, 7. When you issue a bond and a debenture, you know that you are going to share the profit with the people who gave you money to make it happen. The beauty of bonds and debentures is that, yes, those people win, they got some money, but you won the greatest because you had a project to carry out with limited money and you used OPM, other people's money, by way of bonds and debentures to make it happen. Another question from Benita. How do I grow my jewelry business in terms of volume? Thank you. Ha, can I really be very frank with you? The jewelry industry is so huge. 
the greatest challenge you're going to face is your inability to to market to publicize to the level of the currently existing jewelry in the jewel industry my counsel will be that unless it is solving a problem let let this just be one stream of many streams that brings residual income to you and you've got to understand that if you want to create volume the best way with jewels now may have to be on the internet get a powerful strong website created use the various web platforms the various social media platforms and when you use the social media platforms some people don't know that it's not enough to be on facebook you got to put some dollars behind your advertising and you have to segment your advertising say if you want people in south london to know about your jewel business when you advertise it on facebook and you put 100 pounds behind the advertising you have to tell facebook you want them to focus on facebook uh people who are in south london that way you have targeted an area it is when that grows that you keep putting more money and increasing your platform but like i said earlier jewels do not solve a problem and the industry is very huge at the same time i'm not saying walk away from it but rather let it be one of your residual uh incomes the source of your residual incomes however you can build volume by you advertising on the various platforms nowadays the way the world is going by the year 2030 <laughs> 80 to 90 percent of uh purchases will be online things are going to just dis disappear online and so you should create more platforms for sales and that way you will be able to create volume and then ensure that you have very unique um jewels that will make people to come and be driven to your site i do hope that today we've been able to answer many of these questions make sure you stay with us on the money master class join the money master class go to our website listen to some of the free messages the testimonies of people and why don't you come and be part and sign up on the money master class on the next podcast we'll be able to answer some more questions i hope you do well and get blessed thank you very much be blessed